0: guys, welcome back to the Miss Finna podcast. I'm Mika and I'm here with... Hey everyone, it's Katie and welcome back for another exciting and great episode. Today we are going to dive into common investing mistakes that we have made or that we've seen people make and that we ultimately want you guys to avoid going forward. Katie and I
1: have made every mistake in the book so I'm happy we're doing this because... Katie, I feel like people will definitely have a lot to learn from from some of these horror stories.
0: Yeah, I agree. I feel like when you start off investing, especially when you don't have a lot of help or a lot of resources to go to, it's easy to make every single mistake under the sun. So hopefully if you guys stick around and listen to this whole episode, you're going to be more well-equipped to invest we talked about this
1: a lot in our last episode, but learning from people's mistakes is the biggest shortcut to success because you're learning what not to do so that you don't have to do those same things. So as we go through these top 10 invested mistakes, ask yourself if you have seen other people make them, if you've made them yourself and don't dwell too much on the fact that, you know, you've gone through this experience as well. Try to think about what you're going to do moving forward and don't carry the guilt. Don't carry the shame. Just Think about what you can do better the next time around. That's all I'm going to say on that. And we can jump into it.
0: So to start, I think the biggest and most common investing mistake that I've seen is not having clear investment goals. You know the saying, if you don't know where you're going, you will probably end up somewhere else. This is so true, especially for investing. Your investing strategies need to take into consideration what your objectives are. And if you don't have a clear goal as to why you're investing or what outcome you want out of it, chances are you're not going to achieve that outcome. So always coming up with your goals before entering the stock market or entering a position and buying stocks is super important. 100%.
1: 100%. Like if you want to retire and you're building a retirement portfolio, you want to retire early, that is your investing goal. Whereas if you want to buy a house, you know, in six years and you give yourself a six year time horizon, then you've got shorter uh, a shorter time period. So you're not going to be taking advantage of things like compound interest. You're, you're going to be a little bit more safe with your investments because you don't have as much time to see it through to ride out the volatility. So understanding where you're going and what kind of investing decisions you need to make is the first step.
0: For example, one of my investing goals is to create an additional passive income stream. So Quite a few of my investments and what I like to invest in are dividend paying stocks. That's something I need to take into consideration and that all of you need to take into consideration as well as what do you want out of this? Do you want passive income? Do you want a higher yielding, a higher growth stock? Think about that before entering the market and just purchasing stocks blindly
1: and that kind of goes into the second mistake I would say which is not doing enough research because if you're going into a stock blindly you are really putting yourself in a bind because you don't know enough about the company you don't know enough about about how it's going to perform and you're just you're going into it based off of feelings and that is not how you make rational decisions that goes back to you know the episode that we did earlier about in season 1 about investing emotionally versus investing rationally And so research is the first step. Diversifying the types of information that you consume is very important as well. So Katie and I have one specific approach. I mean, we like to teach all approaches. We try to stray away from trading. We focus more on long-term investing. That's just our strategy. That is something that we see value in because the, the following that we have has a longer time horizon, but definitely diversify your content, diversify where you're getting information from and try to learn as much as possible From different people so that you can understand what your style is and what works for you.
0: So when we talk about doing research, at the very least, we mean understanding the operations of the business, what they do, or at least trying to understand what they do, um, looking at their management team, looking at a few key financial metrics. We understand that for a lot of our listeners, deciphering financial statements can be very Intimidating and hard sometimes. Just looking at a few key financial metrics that we've also posted and talked about on our Instagram, such as the P/E ratio, are super important.
1: And don't just invest because your friends are investing. I think this is the third mistake that is so critical, and it's it's hard to do, especially if you know you're in um, different groups and you guys, you talk about investing with your friends. It's easy to feel feelings of FOMO and nobody wants to feel fomo right almost the worst so we'll talk about a strategy and something that you can do to mitigate that like if you do want to invest like if one of your friends says you know this is something that i'm going to put some money into you can have a little bit of fun money set aside especially if you're a high risk person and this is something that i do because i have a couple friends that are really into crypto i've gotten really into crypto recently um, Katie and I will do some new episodes on like some of the new things that I've learned. But set aside a little bit of money that you can allocate towards high-risk investing, especially if your strategy is more long-term. You don't have to blindly follow one strategy. You could do different things. But don't just invest because your friends are invested. To give you guys an example of this and how this could go entirely wrong, I had a team event. This was years ago. Um, we had a team event in Niagara Falls, and we were all drinking. This was like after we had our, our meetings or whatever, so we're all at a bar, multiple tequila shots in. And my coworker comes up to me, and this is when the weed stocks were booming. So he comes up to me and he says, "Nicole, I invested in this stock. I think it was called Alefia, and it's the new Afria." I'm like, "Okay, I want to invest in the new Afria." And he had been very successful in trading weed stocks very key word there trading weed stocks so he tells me he's like Nicole this company you gotta put some money into it so literally it's three o'clock on a Friday the market's about to close I'm on TD basically blackout making investment decisions like that is not first of all not the kind of Mind space you want to be in when you are making money decisions, but thankfully I had the hindsight not to put in a significant amount of money. It was very very small, um, but this this stock plummeted. I put in like two hundred dollars and I am down basically two hundred dollars on this stock. So don't invest just because your friends are investing. Always do your due diligence and don't invest after drinking tequila shots.
0: The great thing about Nico's story is that she was protected because even though she did invest in that stock, she didn't invest more than she was willing or comfortable to lose. A couple hundred dollars for her at the time, and even now, wouldn't make or break her bank account. Um, But that kind of transitions into, I guess, another common investing mistake that I've seen. And You know, honestly, that I've also experienced, and that's like not cutting your losses when one of your stocks is doing horribly. Some people, when they rush into investing decisions or don't do enough research, can see that what they thought was a great investment at the time that was doing super well is now doing horribly. And once they start looking into that stock and why it's doing horribly, they realize that, oh, crap, like this was a horrible investing decision this company isn't really going anywhere or for whatever reason. So it's really important once you see that you have made a critical error in an investment or an investment isn't going the way that you thought it would go to cut your losses.
1: I think with crypto, my exposure to trading has been more so in the crypto space nowadays, like my my the, the fun money that I set aside for very, very high risk investing. And I don't like... Anything that we talk about on this podcast, none of it is financial advice. We are explaining our mistakes and going through some of the things that we've done and just sharing stories with you guys. So by no means is this me telling you this is something that you should do. Always do your own research, tip number one, or mistake to avoid number one, and just don't take anything at face value. So with crypto, for example, I did a uh, trade into an altcoin. And it, first of all, altcoins are so volatile, like so incredibly volatile. You can be 10x your investment, and then two hours later, you have lost 70% of it. So it just it's, it's wild, and you need to be plugged in and monitoring it every second if that is something that you're going to do. And I don't have the time for that. So anyways, this investment... Or this trade, let me clarify, it went up significantly and then it crashed. And at that point, I knew I'm like, there's nothing that is going to save this altcoin. There's no more hype that's driving it to go up. So I know, I know that it's not going to recover. So I need to cut my losses. And every minute, it just kept going down, 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 down. But thankfully, I decided, you know what? I can't stomach this volatility. At that point, I was at like 70% of my initial investment. I didn't, again, didn't put in a lot of money into it, but I just didn't feel good about it. And I was like, I know that I'm not going to be able to sleep. So immediately I sold whatever remaining shares that I had in that, uh, in that altcoin. So I want you to listen to your thought process and listen to, first of all, how your body feels as well. Like If you are a very anxious person, that kind of investing probably isn't good for you if you can't sleep at night, that is the first sign that you are doing something that doesn't necessarily suit the kind of person that you are. And we, we posted on our Instagram the other day about what your money personality is. And we'll try to help you uncover that a little bit more throughout the next couple of weeks, but ask yourself how you feel. And if you don't feel good, cut your
0: losses. Yeah. So the stock market is also pretty volatile not as volatile as some altcoins, um, maybe SPACs and you know those type of stocks. But for the most part, as long as you've done your due diligence and your research and you're comfortable with the company, you like their operations, they have great financials, a great balance sheet. Even if the stock price starts to plummet and continue to plummet again, we talked about this, don't let your emotions get the better of you. There will be dips. There's always dips in stock prices. There will be days when some stocks just take a shit kicking and no one knows why. If people knew why, people would get in and out of stocks all the time. But again, it's really controlling your emotions and reevaluating at the end of the day. Why did I initially invest in this investment or stock? Did I invest because it's a great company and I know there's a lot of long term growth and potential? If there is, then don't sell it and cut your losses just because they ha- that stock has a bad day or a bad hour or a bad week. Because stocks, for the most part, do have those days and those weeks. It really comes down to being comfortable in your investment and just being confident in yourself and knowing if you made the right or wrong investing decision. In Nika's case, she knew what she was getting into with these altcoins are super risky, super risky. So once she saw that the hype was no longer there, And that altcoin kept going down and down. She knew chances are I'm not going to recover my money. And this is going to continue to go down and eventually to zero if I don't get out. So she made the right decision at the time for herself to cut her losses. But if you've done your proper research, as we we talked about before, and you're super confident in the stock, and you are confident in what this company does, and you see long-term potential growth for this company, then... I personally would not get out just because, you know, it dips 15% one day or 5% within the hour, because as we've seen, the stock market is super cyclical. So things that go down will come up and that's just the name of the game.
1: Yeah. I'm so happy that you clarified the difference specifically. We're talking about cutting our losses because stocks and crypto are two entirely different worlds and if we're talking about a good company with very strong fundamentals, again, it all goes back to not doing enough research. Because if you are confident in the company, their management team, you've read their financial statements, you've done enough research, and you know that you're betting on the people that are running this company, and it's a very strong company that it that is going to be around for a while, like let's say Home Depot, for example, everybody's doing renos right now you you wouldn't want to cut your losses you'd want to hold that for a while first of all they probably pay a dividend if it's a mature company hashtag
0: passive income right you're getting paid to wait you're You're getting getting to stock. that's shitty (laughs)
1: exactly you're getting paid to wait so why why would you want to cut your losses right you'd want to hold that so if every situation is going to be different when we talk about cutting our losses I'm going to apply that more so to any trades that you're doing or any type of really short-term decision-making. Exactly.
0: Short-term decision-making for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely not anything that you are holding long-term. And that actually leads us into another big mistake that people make, which is putting all their eggs in one basket and failing to diversify. So I'm not putting everything into these altcoins I have a very small portion of my portfolio that I allocate let's say less than less than five percent even that I allocate to making these these fun risky investment decisions because um, based on that money personality quiz I am definitely more of a risk taker I would say than Katie for sure and um, although Katie does take a lot of risks but I would say more of a risk taker. And there's another term that they use, flyer. That's that's just my personal money personality. So I like to have a little bit of fun money set aside. But again, it's less than 5% of my entire portfolio. The The majority of it is made up by blue chip stocks, um, by indexes, ETFs in different industries. So it's, it's definitely diversified.
0: The only way to create a portfolio that has the potential to provide an appropriate level of risk and return in various market scenarios is adequate diversification. And what I mean by this and what we've seen in the recent months is, let's say putting all your investments or purchasing stocks all in one sector, for example, tech could be super risky because let's say you have a one-year investment horizon or whatever it is, and tech right now is taking a shit-kicking, let's just say, right? Then all your stocks are going to be in the red and all your investments are going to be doing poorly. So it's really important if you are investing, diversify into different sectors, diversify into different investment vehicles. Don't put all your investment money into maybe stocks. Invest in crypto, invest in... You know, real estate is a. You need a little bit more money to invest in well, real estate. REITs, REITs
1: right? Yeah, REITs. but that's also
0: stocks, right? But I, yeah. I'm trying to say different investment vehicles in 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 general is I think super important as well. Not just different stocks, but different investments is also a great way to mitigate risk, but also provide a little bit more room for higher returns.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a really good point, especially on the stocks and crypto side, like. I've been seeing a lot of posts about people talking about their split. There's an old rule about how you subtract your age from your your stock percentage. So let's say, you know, out of 100, let's say you're 25 and 75% of your portfolio would go towards stocks and the other 25% would go towards bonds. First of all, I don't know anybody our age, Katie, that's invested in bonds. You probably have (laughs) some. (laughs) No,
0: I don't. I don't. Never, never.
1: Yeah, so I don't have any bonds either. I mean, if if you are very close to retiring and you're you want a very safe vehicle for your investments, then you know bonds might make sense for you. But for somebody like me and you, got a ton of time and have a higher tolerance for risk, that is obviously not the right strategy. So understanding what how you want to allocate your portfolio is really important. Now instead of it being stocks and bonds that people are separating between their portfolio, now I would say it's stocks and crypto exposure. And within that, if you are less risk adverse, then you've got more stable coins, let's say like Bitcoin, like Ethereum, right, that are very well known. And then there are some of the more high risk cryptocurrencies that you could get some exposure to if you wanted to. But understanding how you want to allocate that portfolio split is, is really important. And talk to people and see, you know even your friends. This isn't necessarily asking your friends or investing because your friends are investing, but get a sense of how people split up their portfolios. It will help you learn more about yourself and what you're comfortable with.
0: I was going to say, so stock splits are not stock splits, sorry. Um, Yeah. Stock splits or investment splits are very, very personal because it all has to do with what your risk tolerance is. The general rule of thumb is the younger you are, the more time you have in the market, the more risky you can be with your investments. Because let's say, even if an investment does shit, you have a lot more time to recover in the market and you have a lot more time to make other better investment decisions. So for me personally, I would say, 30 to 35% of my investment portfolio is solely growth stocks. Um, and that is a lot for me personally, because I am more of the conservative type of investor who loves my blue chip dividend paying stocks. And I would say the other 65 to 70% of my portfolio, just strictly stock speaking are blue chip investment stocks, but That's because again, going back to what my investment goals are, right? My investment goals are to, you know, hopefully retire off my dividends one day. So when thinking also about what your stock split is, keep in mind those key investing goals that you have for yourself. So that's something I would really advise. I don't know if you've noticed guys, but during this podcast, everything kind of intertwines. Every investment mistake leads to another investment mistake, which um, corresponds to another investing mistake. And it really comes down to, I guess, two or three fundamental mistakes, which is not having clear investment goals, not doing enough research, and investing with emotions. So as we go through the rest of these mistakes that we've made, or that we've seen other people made, keep in mind those three core ones and try to link them back, because I guarantee you, you can.
1: I think about situations that, you know, you've made some of these mistakes in, because I'm sure, I'm sure something is coming to mind for you guys, but again, don't, don't come from a place of judgment and You know, anger and think, oh man, why did I do this? Just forgive yourself and understand that, you know, maybe you didn't have all this information before, but you are doing better and you are learning, and your past money mistakes do not define you. You are here to learn, you are here to be better in the future. And anything that happened in the past, just let it go. I know sometimes it's tough, especially when, you know, financial stress and financial decisions have such a big bearing on our mental health, but just. So understand your past money mistakes do not define you a hundred percent like katie and i because we've made every mistake in the book and that's why we're sharing this with you guys on the the topic of putting all our eggs in one basket you guys remember my silver etf that i talked about when we talked to uh, with marco uh about bitcoin a while back that was like early season one and so much has changed in the crypto space so maybe we'll have marco back
0: Shadow marco i know <laughs>
1: It was a good episode. I love that one. Um, but yeah, so I talked about the silver ETFs that I invested in, based off of a podcast that I heard. Um, what's his name? Peter Peter Schiff. The he's very very pro precious metals, and so I decided, you know what? I'm not going to invest in gold. I'm going to invest in silver because everybody's investing in gold and. I I don't like to be like everybody else. So that was my my investing analysis there, okay? Um, I decided to diversify my investments. So instead of investing in just one silver mine, I bought an ETF of all of the silver mines. Still not a great investment, but here's where I'm at with that specific decision. I'm still holding it because silver is not going anywhere. Silver is used in a ton of different medical applications. Silver is mined for jewelry and it's it is cyclical. Sometimes gold is more in fashion, sometimes silver is more in fashion, but it's still constantly being mined. We're not just going to stop using silver all of a sudden. So my thought process, I'm just going to hold this. Eventually, you know, it will go up. You know, maybe it's going to take me 10-15 years, but I, I will recoup that or at least, you know, get back majority of my initial investment. So, a thousand percent, you will. Yeah, so I'm not cutting my losses with something like that because it's not like an alt coin that's just plummeted and has nothing backing it. There's substance behind it. It's a physical mine, or a series of mines, because it is an ETF. It's it's um, five different silver mines that are included in it. So I'm I'm holding on to it and I'm patient because I know that it's not going to reverse itself now, but in 10, 15 years, hopefully it will.
0: But something I will say to that, Nika, is just always keeping in mind the time value of money and inflation. So say, for example, you may recoup your initial investment in 10, 15 years from now. Recouping that initial investment isn't actually what you paid 10, 15 years ago, right? Because we're we're at with inflation, the time value money stuff like that. So if that is the case and you don't see it recouping for a long time, what I've personally done in the past is I've cut some losses with some investments. And then knowing that I can take that money that I've now have from selling that and cutting my losses, investing it and growing that money even further. You are aware of any other companies stocks crypto or something that you know that can do a lot better for you and any good investments right now that you can get into it may be worth your while to cut your losses and grow that money and then you'll recoup your initial investment in no time
1: I think where where I was going with that is one of the biggest miss or or a fairly big mistake that I've learned from is to to be patient because specifically, um, with some of the decisions that I've made, you know, I've lacked patience. I haven't been able to just hold and see the, the long-term value. And so sometimes it's, it's important to consider how long you think it will take for the investment to recoup itself and understand that, you know, patience really is a virtue.
0: And again, taking your emotions out of it, just because you've lost some money and just because, your investment isn't doing as well as you would have hoped taking your emotions out of it and looking at it from a step back and saying, okay, I've lost this much money. My stock price has plummeted this much. Can I recoup this? How long do I think it will take? Again, you can't time the market. That's another mistake we'll talk about, but how long do I think it may take to recoup my initial investment? And if it's going to take you know over a certain amount of time to recoup, am I better off cutting my losses, taking this money, and then growing it somewhere else?
1: That all comes back to understanding opportunity costs, which we've we've created some posts on. Definitely check out our Instagram, guys. We put a lot of time into putting some of those posts together. So I know at the time, maybe you're doing something else, but save them and then go back to them afterwards because there's a lot of value in there and things that you can refer to at any point. So always want to consider the opportunity cost and think about is your money better off somewhere else? And actually that reminds me of a situation where at the start of the pandemic, so like March 2020, I invested in Cineplex. So I watched Cineplex, which is a chain of movie theaters in Canada, very similar to AMC. I watched their stock plummet down to like $6. And I think it was trading, and it was trading significantly higher that a couple of weeks prior. And they own a lot of their infrastructure. Like they have a lot of real estate as well. So again, very, very similar situation to AMC. And I had invested at probably about like $8, let's say, but because during the pandemic, movie theaters were continuously closed, the stock did dip a little bit further, but I thought I was buying it at an incredible deal. And I did, but it took a little bit of time for that investment to recoup, especially because movie theaters weren't open. They weren't generating any revenue. They were losing millions of dollars every quarter. So I needed to have patience and know that the situation will reverse itself. It's a huge company, very mature company. So in that specific situation, I chose not to cut my losses. I chose to wait it out and I didn't even need to calculate the opportunity cost there because it happened fairly within a couple months.
0: Something that I would want to add to that is another common investing mistake, which is being too focused and set on price. So just because you see a stock that maybe you've previously invested in at a higher cost or a higher price, let's say you bought a stock for $100, and now you see it's dipped to $50, doesn't necessarily mean that stock now is way more attractive because it's dipped to half of what it was. You can't be too focused in on the price of the stock. Just because it's less expensive doesn't mean it's more attractive. And it also doesn't mean it's a shittier stock now that it's less expensive. But it's focusing on where the company is now headed, not where it's been. So for example, let's say Cineplex, just because it's dipped now to six dollars, let's say before I was trading at 12, doesn't mean it's more attractive now, because let's say this pandemic, you know knock on wood, continues for another few years, and you know, COVID gets worse and worse and worse there may not be a future for movie theaters in the future if that makes sense there may not be a future for movie theaters so it's really considering okay just because the stock price looks now more attractive to me is it a good investing decision is there growth is there a future for this company where do I see this company headed with their operations so it's always important to keep in mind yes price can be important you don't want to overpay for something but something Mika and i have realized fairly recently is the price is the price of something nothing's overvalued nothing's undervalued the price is what someone is always willing to pay
1: yeah that was a bit of a philosophical conversation that me and katie had for just like whoa If someone's willing to pay for it, even if it's an NFT that's valued at $3.6 million, that's the price because someone's willing to pay for it. It's not overvalued. It's not undervalued because there is demand. And if somebody is willing to make that transaction, then they're willing to trade whatever amount of money that they feel that thing is valued for. That's how, that's the value that they're attributing to it. So The price is the price and something to to think about and dissect on your own.
0: Yeah, it might not be the price for you based on your analysis and your PE ratios and all of that, but that price is the price for someone else. So like think
1: about it with real estate too, right? If I put a house in the market for, let's say 1 million, but lots of people want to buy it, then people are going to find value in it at 1.3 million, let's say, or 1.4 million, whatever. But if I put a price, uh, if I put a house up for one million and no one wants to buy it, I'm going to reduce the price. I'm going to relist it for eight hundred thousand. It's a pretty big gap. I don't know if I would if I would bring that down that much, but I if, the the point is, if nobody finds value in it, I'm going to bring the price down to meet a buyer that is willing to pay a little bit less for it.
0: And if you listen to our last episode on essentially Nico's journey with buying her first house and all of that. If you listen to the part where she talked about the house that she purchased, going in there and seeing, I guess, I think she was talking about the basement and how there's like stuff everywhere. And, you know, people didn't find value in the property because they didn't think about the property from the perspective of Nika and Alex. But just because other people don't find value in that property at that price doesn't mean someone else won't.
1: And the same applies to stocks too. So we talked about doing a fundamental analysis and understanding, you know, the operations or whatever, but let's say you are like, you work in biotech or a specific industry, right. And you're exposed to a lot of this information. Let's say for me, it's like HR tech, right. If there is a new revolutionary thing that comes out in the, in the tech world and, I understand the value of it, I might invest in it, but the average person who doesn't have that same experience, that same thought process won't. And so even though the price of the stock doesn't reflect that new tech or whatever, because people aren't necessarily exposed to it, doesn't mean that it's it's not valued properly. So I know that was long-winded guys, but bottom line, if you are able to find value in it, doesn't necessarily mean other people are going to find value in it and vice versa. Sorry, one
0: last example. It's like Tesla. I think it's super overpriced from my perspective. I don't see the value in that stock at that certain price point based on its PE. But so many other people do and continue to invest. So at the end of the day, it doesn't mean it's overpriced, doesn't mean it's underpriced, it's just what people are willing to pay.
1: Exactly. That's also a big mistake to avoid, eh? Falling in love with a company. Like Tesla is the best example of that. I told you guys how like my my family, my dad, my brother love Elon Musk. And they I would say they they worship him. And Elon, Elon is not God. You might think he is. He's he's definitely the spiciest meme word, but <laughs> Elon is not the end and end all of life.
0: Yeah, falling in love with a company is also something that's very dangerous to do. And is also a very common investing mistake because you may fall in love with a company, for example, Tesla. But if Tesla doesn't continue to innovate or if Tesla gets itself in a bad, uh, let's say, environmental position or there's lawsuits against the company, like something could happen at any moment. So I think that also goes
1: hand in hand with another investing mistake, which is reacting to the news. Katie and I have talked about how there's a great quote: "Buy the rumors, sell the news because by the time something becomes mainstream, everybody knows about it, and at that point it's already priced into the market, which is something a lot of people don't understand like I had that realization recently about how when you are when you buy the news, the markets markets are a very, very interesting thing and as much as me and Katie and and you know everybody thinks that they know or understand them somewhat, there is truly it's like this it's 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 own organism that moves and breathes and reacts completely differently sometimes from how we'd anticipate things to react.
0: It's also manipulated. The stock market is manipulated. So so
1: many factors that are at play at the same time, constantly interacting with each other. So. You know, as much as we say, like, there are long-term ways to approach it and things that definitely work, there are still so many things because of all these different factors at play constantly. If you have a short time horizon, you are going to be affected by all of these different forces that are working at the same time.
0: A thousand percent.
1: An, an example, guys, of just um, buying the rumor, selling the news for me, I... I mentioned, like, I've got, like, a little bit that I set aside to trade, so I don't usually make trades, but around November, when all of the vaccines are coming out, the accuracy ratings of Moderna and of Pfizer were released, and Moderna was a little bit higher. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to throw somebody at Moderna. It's, It's, you know, something that everybody's talking about right now right? Everybody's talking about Moderna and Pfizer and these big companies, and they're going to make a ton of money with all the vaccines. So I wanted to get some exposure because of all the hype that was going on. And yes, there was a lot of publications about this, but this was right when the accuracy ratings were released. And so I was like, okay, this is, it probably is priced in, but I feel like people's sentiment, they are more comfortable with Moderna just because of these accuracy ratings. So I don't usually invest based off of feelings, always more rational, but I decided, you know what, I'm going to throw a little bit of money at Moderna. I, I made 50% off my investment, which is very significant in the short time frame. That's, you know, a, a lot of great, great returns. A lot of decisions that I've made have not yielded that, especially some of these short-term trades. Um, but anyways, it, it yielded me like, let's say 50% or whatever it was on top of my initial investment. And I decided within three days that I didn't feel comfortable holding it. I had a feeling I'm like, you know what, as people start to be more and more comfortable with Pfizer, I feel like the stock price is going to drop. And so i sold within three days. But my, my thought process there was like the rumors, right? People were talking about Moderna, even within my own circles. And so i was being very observant of that. And then I decided um, that it was time to sell. So that's just an example of reacting to the news. I had um, a, another friend at that time that bought Pfizer and held. So his strategy was very different from mine. It wasn't buy and sell real quick. It was buy and hold. And Pfizer, now with the new booster shots that they're announcing, they want to actually increase the price of those boosters. So they are going to be generating billions,
0: billions of dollars off of these vaccines. And the stock price will reflect that. And Pfizer does pay dividends. Especially now that I think the government's come out and say, you can't really mix your shots or you shouldn't. All the people who've taken the Pfizer shot, at least in my circle, have been huge, can't take another shot other than Pfizer going forward. So Pfizer already has this huge market and promised revenue. So I do see Pfizer actually as an investment that's going to keep going up and up so
1: that's just an example but this applies to like every industry i feel like we've covered a lot in here katie yeah <laughs> of horror stories if i was to sum it up katie did a, a quick little recap fomo is something that we've got to let go of right investing requires a rational mind and you can't make decisions based off of emotions always do your research Always, always do your research. Expose yourself to different sources of information as well. Don't just blindly follow Dave Ramsey, for example, who says that you need to eat beans and rice and save all of your money. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Always diversify.
0: If you are making a quick trade, we didn't really talk about this, but set a limit. A price limit. Uh, What price you want to purchase the stock for and what price you're going to get out of the stock. This really helps with emotions and this really helps you curve um, any greed, any emotional investing. So let's say, for example, you bought it at $50. Once it hits 30%, you're going to sell it at that price. And then you're in and out of the stock. It's a clean trade.
1: Exactly. Very, very well put. Have a lot of patience. Understand that the markets are cyclical. If you are experiencing a lot of red, but you know that You find value in those companies. You find value in those industries. Delete your banking app or your investing app from your phone temporarily and just don't look at it. Know that you've got to zoom out. If you are zoomed in, of course, you're going to see all of these fluctuations. So zoom out. Now, that doesn't apply to very high risk and very volatile spaces like crypto. Know when to cut your losses, especially, again, if you're making those short term decisions.
0: And last but not least, have a clear investing strategy or clear investing goals.
1: And don't try to time the market. Time in the market over timing the market. I'm going to get that tattooed on my forehead. (laughs) Not actually.
0: Please don't. Can you imagine? No, no. You have a beautiful face. Don't
1: do that. I I I come out of uh, 2021 with a tattoo that says no regrets.
0: Just crypto bets. Let me go stop. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you so much. If you followed along throughout this whole thing, we appreciate you. We're going to have another episode coming out next week, Wednesday. Stay tuned and have yourselves a lovely week. Thanks, guys.
1: I hope you guys are liking season two, baby.
0: Bye. We having a lot of
1: fun creating this for you guys. So hope you enjoy. Hope you learn from that. Bye, guys. Bye.